Hi, and welcome to Be More Now. My name is Blake Moore, and tonight I'm interviewing artist printer Felicia Rice and poet Teresa Whitehill, the creators of Heavy Lifting, as well as Signe Ruggobregi, Mendocino County's Youth Poet Laureate. Heavy Lifting is the outcome of a three-and-a-half-year collaboration between Rice and Whitehill, and it's part event, part film, part exhibition, and part reading, and it's currently touring Mendocino County and beyond. Our discussion tonight will center upon how this project presents an opportunity for dialogue and healing in an historic time of crisis and renewal. I'm going to start us off with a recording, one of the recordings. This is called The Fires by Teresa Whitehill, and the audio composition is by Will Rice, Felicia's son. Bush Lightning, Lost Pipe Lightning, Jack Smith Lightning, Albion River Lightning, Horse Lightning, Or Series Lightning, Montgomery Flat Lightning, Alder Creek Lightning, Wagers Lightning, Mendocino Lightning Complex Fire, Summer Solstice 2008, Summit Fire, Santa Cruz Mountains, May 2008. Rocky Fire, Jerusalem Fire, Valley Fire, Lake and Napa Counties, September 2015. Redwood Valley Complex Fire, Cherokee Fire, Tubbs Fire, Atlas Fire, Nuns Fire, Northern California Firestorm, October 2017. Ranch Fire, River Fire, Pawnee Fire, Mendocino Complex Fire, July 2018. Campfire, the loss of paradise. Northern, Northern California, California, November 2018. Kincaid Fire, Sonoma County, October 2019. CZU Lightning Complex Fire, Santa Cruz Mountains, August 2020. Glass Fire, Napa, Sonoma, and Solano Counties, September 2020. So I had a conversation with Felicia, Teresa, and Sydney earlier this week, and I want to tell you a little bit about them. Felicia Rice is an artist, letterpress printer, publisher, and educator. In 1977, she set Moving Parts Press in motion. With one foot firmly planted in the 19th century and the other in the 21st, she utilizes letterpress and digital technologies to produce limited edition artist books, prints, and broadsides in collaboration with visual and performing artists, writers, and philosophers. Work from the press has been included in exhibitions from Mexico City to New York. Her books are held in library and museum collections worldwide, and she has been the recipient of many awards and grants from the NEA to the French Ministry of Culture. In December 2018, Rice was featured in the award-winning PBS Craft in America documentary series in their episode, Visionaries. Teresa Whitehill is a California-born poet and letterpress artist. She has been involved her entire career in the production of poetry events and a commitment to cultural projects that address the fundamental connection between poetics and the land. Born in Sacramento and raised in Marin County, Whitehill's interrelated focus on literary and book arts came out in her studies with poet William Everson at UC Santa Cruz in the late 1970s and at Mills College in the book art program in the early 1980s. Since 1984, she has lived in Minnesota 
Mendocino County, where she is well known to local poetry audiences. She is former poet laureate of Ukiah and a co-founder of the Watershed Poetry Mendocino Festival. Mendocino County Youth Poet Laureate Sydney Regalbruggi was the 2021 runner-up for Mendocino County Poetry Out Loud. She was also the Mendocino Writers Conference High School Scholarship winner in the summer of 2021, where she won third place for her short story, Promises for Another Life, in the YA category. When Sydney is not writing, she slips into the world of music. She is known for her concert piano and saxophone talents, as well as her skills as a multi-sport athlete. She's a junior at Point Arena High School, and she is the daughter of Heather and Dan Regalbruggi of Gualala. Here is the conversation I had with these three amazing individuals last week. Enjoy. So I have Teresa Whitehill and Felicia Rice and Sydney Ruggelbruggy here with me on Be More Now. And I am so excited. You guys are going to be talking about your project, Heavy Lifting. Do you want to give me some background and what this project is? Let me start. This is Felicia. Um, I just, a uh, brief background on the project was, is that uh, Teresa and I got started working together uh, really after she saw me speak and um, she wrote a poem in response to my talk about my work as a letterpress printer and publisher, Moving Parts Press. And the poem moved me so much and I was looking for a new project that I reached out we reached out to one another and determined we were going to go forward with a major collaboration on an artist's book project. And it turned into a wonderful conversation back and forth between a drawing that led to a poem, which led back to a drawing and a print and meetings and dinners. And it has gone on for almost four years. It's been uh, amazing. And we are actually completing it now with an artist book, a film, Sydney, who's with us, is on the soundtrack for the film, reading one of um, Teresa's poems. And we're taking this work out into the community through a series of events, traveling around Mendocino County into Lake County, down to Santa Cruz and Berkeley. Um, and uh, this is the new project, Heavy Lifting. Wonderful. Teresa, would you like to say anything or Sydney? Well, I'll just, I'll say that when we, when we were first getting started with the project, uh, one of our meetings was over in Mendocino and uh, at the home, at Felicia's family home in Mendocino. And she was just getting ready to uh, rent it out to a, a tenant um, because she was, she and her husband had a place down in Santa Cruz and that was her primary work location where she created her artist books for four decades. And uh, we were just, she was sharing preliminary ideas for the uh, heavy lifting book project with me. And we were in the, in the flux, in the flow of trading writings back and forth and ideas back and forth, but it was still fairly early in the project. And not four days later, I emailed her late, late at night to say, uh, I was, had heard that there was a fire in the Santa Cruz mountains and it seemed, I was wondering if it was close to where her studio and home was in Bonnie Dune. And she emailed back not 15 minutes later saying that her house had, and studio and her four decades of letterpress publishing had been consumed by fire the night before. So the project became a, uh, uh, for me, a project of loss and discovery, exploring my own loss on a personal level, personal crisis and recovery through this work really and reestablishing um, 
our lives here in Mendocino itself. And the um, at the same time, I was really reflecting on the series of terrible uh, collective crises that we were all experiencing together, um, COVID being principal in many ways, but then it has been nonstop um, a ma major issues, major incidents ever since. And I do address those in the book by uh, gathering and um, manipulating images from the internet that uh, reflect on COVID, but also healthcare as an issue, immigration issues, political crises, uh, going on from there into housing issues. It was very hard to boil down what I was hearing, witnessing, experiencing racism um, to, to eight issues and actually had a space to the very last minute left open for World War III. I mean, it has been oh. incredible how many unprecedented moments are all coming together in that may you live in interesting times proverb. We certainly are. Yes. Yes. It's been, yes. so it's been very helpful to me to, to, to call out these issues for myself, to deal with my own uh, sadness, extreme anger. Um, and together with Teresa sort of move through this process of, of, of absorbing and um, these blows uh, and Teresa has written some incredible poems um, that are incorporated into the book and that are included in a companion book that uh, we we have published with this project that people can purchase with the full suite of poems. And um, Teresa, might, could you read something? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sure. Let's see. Uh, I'll start. Oh, well, I'll read the title poem, Heavy Lifting. This is the pause I am flying in, flying hard so as not to fall to earth. Apparently, grief is not a calm, but a huge effort. Letter from a friend, heavy lifting. It's hard to convey the crisis that happened to us back in the early 21st century, the multiple crises, the concatenation of disasters, the wounding, the beginning of the ending of the wounding, the unraveling of all that had gone before. That we were already carrying the burden of the dying off of the polar bears and the failing of the glaciers. That was hard enough. But it was when birds began to fall out of the sky, emaciated, desperate, if not already dead, that we realized. We were no longer living in the time of prophecy, no longer in the theory of it all. It was unfolding all around us, one heart stop after another, a chain reaction of seemingly helpless events. We had poisoned the well. And just because we couldn't conceive of it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just means that we couldn't conceive of it because the evidence, there it was. Looking up, the blue heron folded over on itself, heading south in the early sky and north, crossing paths, a helicopter. From this time, we date a different life. The stories we told our children changed at this time. Our dreams changed. Some of us stopped dreaming. Others registered guns or took part in compromised immune systems. 
war then, the background always, dreamers and heretics always. And out of this arose a powerful and dangerous tendency, a hiccup in history, a scratch in the record's fine vinyl grooves that caused it to skip and repeat unerringly. So that while some of us were remembering, were touching our faces to the glass, others were forgetting, or not so much forgetting as to never have taken in those events that were more than the consciousness there. We lived in that nervous slice between forgetting and the inevitable. This was the place we were brought to, where we could stand and look out and call out to our children. This was the place where we lived and where we ate and made love amidst emergency vehicles and fraud and the study of legal briefs. Among our most sacred texts that had become practically useless to us, they were all on fire anyway. Birds were at one time used as weapons of war. They could be doused with flammable fluid and lit on fire and sent into the enemy's lines. Incendiary birds could change the fate of battles. Everywhere we went, there was this upwelling of the things of the earth. Butterflies, yes, the leafing out of the oak, the composition of new forms of music, but also tombstones, defunct tractors, oil tankers, ran aground, the bellies of salamanders, the windows without glass. We will make do with what we are given, a grammar of what exists in which grief is a room locked up within the emptiness of the sky. You who come after us will carry the earth on your shoulders as birds carry the air and are carried. Be lifted by these things that broke us. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much, Teresa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's the title poem. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's the title poem. <laughs> it's very, certainly heavy lifting indeed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so where we brought, um, where Sydney comes into this is, as Felicia and I were talking about, you know, the book, the poems, the, the, you know, the printing, and we were starting to envision how to carry this, how to convey all of this complexity to an audience. I had written this one poem that occurred to me, it would be really lovely to hear it read by a chorus, by a choir, you know, like a chorus of poets. And Felicia said, well, well, let's do it. And so we reached out um, to you, Blake, and you're the one who recommended to us that we speak with Sydney. And uh, what we did was we gathered together a group of people who, um, in addition to Sydney, who is our youth laureate, youth poet laureate for the County of Mendocino, we also brought in Georgina Guardado, who is uh, the poet laureate of Lake County. And there was myself and Felicia and Felicia's husband, Jim, and my husband, Paolo. And we gathered at Felicia's studio, which at that time was still in being, the process of being built. 
And Felicia's son, Will Rice, came up. He's a music producer down in Oakland. He came up and he basically um, um, orchestrated the recording session. And so uh, we each chose a poem to be the primary reader on. And then all of us read passages in addition to the primary reader. And then Will layered all of our voices together so that in some parts of the poem, there's these lovely echoes of other voices reading on top. And we asked uh, Sydney and Georgina to choose the poems that the poems that they wanted to read. And it was just lovely to see them just, they, they both immediately knew which ones they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Georgina chose the poem called My Grandmother's House. And Sydney chose the poem uh, called House of Water, House of Feathers, House of Light. So people who come to this event will get a chance to see the result of all this uh, because these choral readings became the soundtrack for this film that we'll be showing. Yeah, so we made a, a, a film experiment to see um, how to fuse poetry and the imagery from the book in moving pictures and stills. And I worked closely with an editor from UC Santa Cruz in, in Santa Cruz, a film student. She did a fabulous job, Elena Newton, but also with Frey Barty, who is a um, Mendocino High School intern in my yes. letterpress studio. and. Um, and then we we did shoots that resulted in 140 minutes, I mean, 100, an hour and 40 minutes of footage. And somehow we got it down to 17 minutes. We tried to make it as short and, and to the point as possible, but till, still take you on a real voyage into what I say call the theater of my mind, like the, the process of making this book for me and the um, creative process where I go and and then you know some real footage of document documenting some of the stages of making the book in this flowing um, flowing visuals that uh, are accompanied by Teresa's poetry. So that's that will be shown on Saturday the fifteenth as well. I can't wait to see that. I'm so curious about it. Most video you have hours and hours of footage and then you have to cut it down into something. Was that super time consuming? And did you find yourself having a hard time deciding what ends up on the cutting room? It was super challenging. And I'm so grateful to the editor who, who went, you know, we went through it and I indicated what I thought was stronger and what might accompany what poem and the same time she was just so ready to slash and burn and find <laughs> the best pick the very best stuff so Sydney reads house of water in this beautiful flowing voice and the dancer who worked with us Kara Starkweather of the Mendocino Downs project uh-huh. is moving in projections of of the images on the wall and um that was that would have been so hard for me without an editor, an editorial mind, because the footage was stop, you know, just stopped me dead in my tracks. It was just beautiful, and um, and I feel that um, we did capture some of the very strongest, the strongest material for that reading. That's why you have a good editor, right? It's that yeah. killing darlings. Yeah, That's the yeah. hardest part I can only imagine. 
Do we have time for Sydney to read a little of I that? I would love poem? for Sydney to read a poem. That sounds wonderful. I have, um, I, I had it pulled up the House of Water, House of Light, House of Feather. If you want me to read off of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. Sure that I have that. I right. don't know if you want to read the whole thing. You might want to just. Yeah, find an excerpt of it. Yeah, find the start at the beginning and, and read a couple pages or. Yeah, and I'm also really curious, Sydney, what your experience was doing this and how you felt through the process. Have you done anything like this before? And what was it like? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear Sydney speak about that as well. Um, it was an out-of-body sort of experience, especially being someone who's only really had public readings where I'm reading my own work, to have someone trust me with their writing and think that my voice is something that can embody the emotions in it was just sort of a success and a moment of admiration that I have not had in any other project that I've done or any other cooperation with I, in which I've worked with people. It was just very, it was just an out-of-body experience. I felt like I was a part of something that was communal and something that was important and I and somehow with my voice was making a difference or at least having my voice or an alternative voice heard. Nice to hear that. Really nice to hear that. There was like a mind meld or we came together as a body that day and um and riffed off each other and 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 everybody came through so strongly. I mean it was just sort of like you got one chance. You know, we didn't record over and over and over the same poems and people just each reader was so strong it's the one take right you just go for it and get it done I think often the first take is the best yeah in this case it was it's glorious yeah okay Sydney if you want to read your poem I'm trying oh, okay. <laughs> it is just not and it is not agreeing with me I'm looking very hard however trust me I'd like to take a moment to remind you that you're listening to Be More Now. I'm your host, Blake Moore, and I'm speaking with Felicia Rice, Teresa Whitehill, and Sydney Regalbruggi about heavy lifting, which is currently touring Mendocino County and beyond. So Felicia, you want to talk about some of the artwork and some of your letterpress work, and then also you now live in the county, correct? Yes, I, I do. I live in Mendocino. My family home was here in, in the town and um, I, I'm back. I'm a Mendocino High grad. I can't, I'm back after 50 years. Um, didn't know this would happen, but was um, thinking about it. My mother had died and thinking about it after 45 years in the Santa Cruz area. And um, I'm so grateful that the fire actually that it brought me here because this is being a wonderful period for me of hard work, heavy, heavy lifting, but also um, new directions, new colleagues. And it's very exciting, very exciting ab about being here. The book is um, made up of drawings of birds that I'm, I made during this time, a passage from a poem by Teresa inspired uh, one of the two panels that make up the book. Um, the other is devoted to the uh, collective crises. Um, uh, so Together, they nest together to form an artist book that can be leafed through like a conventional uh, Western codex or can be stood and has a sculptural accordion uh, form that um, can be stood in and walked around. It has poetry on the back, poetry on the front. You know, it's a complex structure and um, 
I'm really hoping that the um, the full dimension of it comes through in the film. And also um, we will have that on display, of course. When you're going to be at the Coast Community Library on April 15th at yeah. two o'clock, mm-hmm. and so you'll bring that with you. So everybody who comes to that one, any of the readings that you have scheduled. Yes, yes, we'll be the book will be on display, sort of like uh, we're a huge county size of Rhode Island, they say, and it's not there aren't like isn't one big population center and everyone would go to that place for an event. It's we really needed to take it on the road, right? Take it out and share it in the various population centers around the county. Your debut was March 12th at the the, the Casper Community Center. Yes, yes. As it turned out, the snow prevented the first um, event, which was slated for Grace Hudson Museum in February. But we will be back at Grace Hudson in October. So you Um, will reschedule that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So we're about one place a month throughout the rest of the spring and into the summer. Uh, In May, we'll be both in Willits and at uh, in um, Lower Lake at the Schoolhouse Museum. I think I have that right. And in Casper, we, we were actually at the Casper Shul, which is across the parking lot from the Casper Community Center. So it's the Jewish Community Center where we ended up launching the book, which okay. I thought was lovely. Uh, uh, Margaret Holub, the rabbi, had uh, suggested that we consider it. And um, she uh, pitched the idea to her board and they agreed. So it was just lovely to be um, invited by them to that space. I thought it was uh, a really nice place to launch the project. Well, it's so different from some of the other spaces because they have um, perhaps monitors and, and tables and setups for groups that are um, coming in for short presentations and the uh, shulas. Uh, in a small um, building that was formerly a church. So, and it's very, very flexible space and had a screen. I mean, but we had to darken the windows and um, it was just really, really a creative space to be in a really inspiring space. So now we're looking forward to the um, Point Arena Community um, Library, the Coast Community Community Library. Library. Yeah. And working with the librarian there, Melissa. And um, I don't know if we can have food. One of the, it was uh, Margaret at the shul really um, recommended that we have coffee and cookies afterwards. And it was just a lovely tea and coffee and mingling afterwards. So if we can have something like that, I'd like to try uh, on April 15th. That sounds wonderful. So, Sydney, did you find the poem? I do. I have it. Wonderful. I have the one of the, I mean, the entire poem resonated with me. And to be able to speak it was just a gift. But I really thought that some of the last stanzas and parts were just one of the most influential, or I really felt like I connected the most with. So, I'll read that. I have lived in a house of mirrors. As a child, I thought that's what I wanted to be when I grew up, a house in which we laugh and giggle and forget for a while what is fear. I could live in this house of memory, even though nobody I ever knew or was kin to had such a memory. Even if the memories are sad, perhaps especially if they are sad, because this is a sad time we live in. And if you are here, moon, 
star, blanket, gathering the memories with welcoming gestures. I live in this house where memory is welcome. Mm. Thank so, you, Sydney. Yeah, course. thank you. How does that feel, Teresa, to hear that and Sydney's voice? It's, it's such an honor, you know. I I just gives me tingles all over. This whole project has just been such an extraordinary thing, and I think taking poems beyond myself um, and hearing someone else's interpretation of them is just is really a revelation. Mm -hmm. um, because you know we're all aware as artists and and poets and writers that once you publish a work it it goes beyond you it becomes something more than you and we also know that it doesn't come from us it it comes through us and i i certainly felt that happening with this project that felicia inspired me and and challenged me to 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 meet her in this incredible landscape of these images that she was developing and these themes. And then when Sydney and Georgina and Jim and Paolo came in and Felicia and added their voices to it, it just really, it was life-changing for me, I have to say. So do you find that the word, the image, the voice, did they flow in and out in terms of the creation process where you might start with an image or a word and then it shifts and then one influences the other and they all become blended as one? I would say, I mean, the, our, 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 our collaborative process back and forth, I mean, we wrote, we, we actually excerpted some of our emails in the, in the little companion book that comes with the artist book. Um, we have the full manuscript of poems, but then in the back we have a little section called Genesis. Because we just, ah, oh, we had the most extraordinary email correspondence between Felicia and I over the months. Um, just getting up at first in the morning and just riffing on what we had done the day before, what we were thinking about. Um, and so it was just such a rich collaboration. Uh, and so engaging i feel like it let me yeah you're it, gonna have to, uh, you're gonna have to say that again teresa we had one of those um dial up digital moments would you mind repeating I, the last just, thing you said? the last thing i was saying was that um it, it was the the it was an amazing that through this experience and i don't think i could have it was something i couldn't have done by myself i needed this collaborative effort this reaching for something further than I could have done. And I, I feel like it allowed me to express things that I've been wanting to express for years. But it, and it finally sort of gave me a framework to hang it on. Yeah, we're talking about um, collaboration and the, and the, the power of, in numbers and the um, coming together of various perspectives and energies to produce something more that no one person could produce by themselves. So I've been working collaboratively as a printer and publisher and artist for many years. And I have found consistently that I get so much more than um, a sort of an isolated effort. Uh, everybody's um, energies come together and also their communities. And the work resonates further out because as an artist and as a publisher and as a letterpress printer, my job is to respond to what 
goes on uh, around me in book form and to do so with profound integrity. So this um, opportunity working with Teresa and her, her flexibility, her give, her willing to really engage in conversation and, 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 and toss the ball back and forth, um, produce something that is uh, not something I could ever have done by myself. And I started as a letterpress printer and so did Teresa. We're both old, old letterpress printers going back into the 70s and 80s. And you've been friends for a long time as well, right? Colleagues. Yeah, uh -huh. a very long time. But we hadn't come this close. I mean, this is probably the closest collaboration I've ever had. Um, and I've worked for the last, since 1989, with Chicana ex-artists and writers, Latin ex-artists and writers. So this was um, a far more personal, really personal. But as a publisher, you're showcasing the writing and you're showcasing perhaps the artist and, and may take I always took a design role as well as that of the publisher spreading the word publicist. But um, this is this is far more personal for me and the collaboration was far closer. Um, also brought in my family, brought in my son Will to do the soundtrack for the film, brought in my husband on the soundtrack, but also filming um, video. He was a videographer when we met. Uh, and my father was a filmmaker, an animated filmmaker here in Mendocino. And, um, he died in 2001. So it's been many years um, uh, since he died, but this is really a dedicated to him. Um, he was a wild guy, and I'm hoping that the um, wild by, I mean, the work was very much about the interior, the interior life, the theater of his mind, you know, his heart, his soul. So it comes through visually in these um, independent animated stop motion films with thousands of drawings that make up the films. So I'm hoping they'll show as part of the Mendocino Film Festival this year. And if we're lucky, they'll allow us to show our new heavy lifting on heavy lifting film at that time too, and maybe have poetry reading. We'll see. Oh, so um, it's been a super opportunity to, to come together with new friends, new associates, new energies, and, and honor those who've come before. Yeah, well, the what you're doing is you're really engaging the entire county. The way you've put this together, it's so collaborative. And I think with all the difficulties we've been experiencing for the last few years, you're offering that opportunity for community, for people to come together and then sit with the stuff that might not be the easiest and perhaps get some opportunity to release the pressure valve somewhere. Yeah, I, I just want to say that the, the book... Um is starts with this very deep, dark place that we're grappling in, um, the heavy lifting poem that you just heard, and moves through reflection. Um, Teresa takes us through some uh, spaces that then, um, she went there before I could, but she wrote the poem, House of Water, House of Light, House of Feathers, House of Light. And um, it is an opening. I mean, there is a glimmer of light there. And I think that glimmer is where we find hope and hope is the only way we can feed our souls through this grappling and wrestling and attempt to make a better future for for ourselves, but for future generations. Yeah. I think of it as metabolizing, right? You kind of can't digest something if you don't try. 
<laughs> you can't, you know, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to eat your food and there it is. How are you going to move that through? And oftentimes the most difficult subjects are the hardest to tackle, which is why there's so many ways that we escape and cope. So arts have always been that keyhole into the healing that, or at least the, the witnessing that it takes to get to the next level of accepting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in order, in order to write the pieces, um, it was really interesting process because I, I basically gave myself a series of long weekends and I just shut the door and no one else was around. And I, I, I basically, it was like, I had to go into hell to find, you know, right. I had reimmerse myself in, and I, and I kept a whole journal. I wrote constantly in a journal during, during the early months, I'd say for the first um, 18 months of the project, I was just writing daily in what I call my heavy lifting journal and then at a certain point, it was clear that things were distilling out of it. Um, but I had to really go to this pretty heavy place to pull these things out of me and allow myself just to be as crazy as I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I got, when I realized that I was getting to the end and I had completed the the majority of the poems, I sat down one day and I was like, okay, T, now you need a ladder to get out of this place. <laughs> so true. And, and I, I went for a walk on this beautiful old ranch and the poem House of Water, House of Feathers, House of Light came to me all in a rush. Fortunately, I had some paper and a pen with me and I sat down on this log and wrote the whole thing down and I barely edited it. I mean, it basically was one of those gifts from the universe and it was also my it was the way out Um, and it ends up being that way for the project as well once again a quick moment to remind you you're listening to be more now i'm your host blake moore and i'm talking with felicia rice Teresa whitehill and sydney regalbruggy about their project heavy lifting sydney do you find this process resonant at all with you in your own writing um, practice or life? I mean, um, when Teresa talks about it just coming to you, that's how all of my poetry comes to me. I uh, very rarely sit down to write. It comes to me when I'm, you know, walking up my road or I'm eating dinner. So just the, but also when it's hard to write things or you know that you have to write it and you have to sit and force yourself to sit down and write the things that are hard, you do sort of have to just enclose yourself in a space and focus on either your computer that's in front of you or the pen and paper because those emotions are just so overwhelming and they have to go someplace and I think there's no better place for those emotions or those words to go than on paper for other people to hear yeah and and you know for me it's very visual so that's a back to the theater of my mind. I'm, I'm seeing it in my head. I remember my dad, you know, an artist his entire life, got involved in local politics back in the Prop 13 days in um, Mendocino County. And people were saying, you know, Ray, you might want to run for board of supervisors. And he said he realized, no, the more he did the kind of work he was doing for, for the community, the fewer pictures he saw in his head. And he had always seen pictures in his head and it was disquieting. He didn't want to give that up and he didn't run for supervisor. And I'm thinking for myself that there are moments that are just 
purely visual. Um, and that's why working with letters, working with metal letters as a letter, setting words letter by letter is both physical and visual experience. And the words are little letters are little sculptures and you force you, you bring them together into some sculptural form and then you print the two dimensional page off of them, which is but after this entire physical and visual experience. So um, I. I uh, I start with the word that uh, that for instance Teresa gave me, and I move into the visual. But um, the visual is clearly an critical important uh, to my work. Maybe I'll um, I can read the last stanza of the poem yes. that I sent to Felicia at the beginning, um, toward the beginning of the project that sort of uh, got us going. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. So this is. Uh, this is the last stanza of a poem called The Loveliness of Mistakes. So this partial journey, you might complete it. There's no guarantee. You will map the energy of the gods to the little that you've been able to pin down. And you will be proud of your energy and your love. Your energies and your loves your lovely energy, your proud love, your willingness to mingle in the halls of the dead, bringing the dead treasures that cause their eyes to light up, putting smiles back on faces that have lost flesh. You will speak to birds. And I just felt like she totally nailed me. She has, she saw right through me. She had me right there. Energy, love, pride, the, the, the dead. I've always honored my teachers. I honor my parents as my teachers, Ray and Miriam Rice, artists, um, no, well known in the Mendocino community. And I just, um, it just, it, she nailed me. And I had to, you know, dive in with those words and build images around them birds rising, vultures, sparrows, um, ravens that I see around me. Um, she, I was even inspired to write my own poem, which I print in the book, which I've never written uh, for my own book work. I've always worked with other voices. So that was a breakthrough for me. I just love the idea about talking to birds. That's such a, a nature lover when you don't understand, there's no way to put anything else. You just talk with the birds. Talk to birds. Talk yeah, to so birds. one of the two panels, one of the two accordion panels for the book is this, it's, it's uh, this beautiful series of birds drawn by Felicia and overprinted on uh, rubbings that she'd taken from a, a tree, tree rounds from a tree that had been cut down in, near her home that it was just a, a, a tremendous source of grief for her because the tree didn't need to be cut down. Mm. Um, but the birds, I mean, she, she, she transformed that tree into this completely uplifting uh, series of images and then printed that stanza of the poem across the, those panels. And Piera, it was really great to see people at the shul on, on Sunday just walking around and around the table and studying each panel of these uh, this, these uh, accordion folds and leaning in and reading the poetry on them. And yeah, it's just 
Fantastic. Do you yeah. want to talk? A, oh, sorry. Were you going to say something, Felicia? I was just going to say the merging of word and image. Again, as I said earlier, that idea that the, for me, very much the word comes first and then the images grow from there. And uh, but mingle, bringing them together in into a, a single page is is or, or or a book is just so important to me. Um, and Sydney, have you seen the book? I have not. No, I have, I, uh, I watched the the video, but I have not had the joy of seeing the book. I'm really. I think I saw the sort of like in the process uh, this summer before yeah. it was kind of all put together, but I'm, I have to say, I'm really looking forward to the excitement of seeing it um, in April and sort of my own little who I'm quite excited about that. <laughs> yeah. And I was just going to say that um, it's, it's uh, going to be, it, it's possible to go online to my website, movingpartspress.com and um, take a look at uh, images of the book and some background on everybody involved in the entire process. And it's a great way to um, sort of familiarize yourself with what's been going on. So movingpartspress.com, and there's even a trailer of the film there. Um, I, I encourage people to take a look at it before you come. Maybe it'll pique your interest. And I'll include those in the show notes. So that way, anybody who goes to bemoreu.net and goes to the musing sections will find uh, the list on this show and how they can get more information about everything we're talking about. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be excellent. So my question is for the people that are coming out to the event, I know it's participatory. Can you talk about what the event actually entails? I want to come on the 15th of April. What am I to expect? Yes, so it will be at the, um, the library in Point Arena. And it's a Saturday afternoon. Um, so we'll be showing the film. Uh, and Felicia will be giving a little bit of background and context on it. And... Um, We'll be acknowledging those participants who are able to make it uh, to the to the event, and then um, we'll do a reading section. And the reading, what we've what we're doing is we're doing the reading as a round robin. So I will read a poem from the book, and then we'll have a sign up list like a like a traditional open mic. Um, but and we're inviting the audience to speak up, and but we're we're saying that. You don't have, it doesn't have to be a poem. You could tell a brief story. You can ask a question. You can just um, extemporize. You can have, make a statement or something in response to the material. And so uh, after I read a poem, I'll invite a couple of members of the audience to read or speak. And then I'll read another poem and we'll just kind of go round like that. And what we're hoping for is a kind of a conversation and um, we want to hear from people this is called a listening tour we're hoping that we kind of like hey this is what happened to us and this was our observations and this is what we did with it what's what happened to you you know just talk to us so we we were trusting you Blake and you uh -huh. Sydney to be there to step up and and make the leap and, and participate and and Sydney before we leave uh, this evening I'm really hoping that you'll read us something of yours. Do you have something you could read us right now? 
I do. If I just um, switch over to my Doodle documents, I can uh, that would do be it. Great. Well, I lovely. Actually, that would be I great. wrote this. Blake was in my class and we were doing beat poetry. And this is um, one of the lessons that she was having us do. And my English teacher had us write it and she will be very happy once I told her that, tell her I read this. So it's called mm -hmm. Law of Attraction. Put good in, get good out. Teacher says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Teacher says, don't tattle. Teacher says, take a joke. She's not normally like that. Teacher says, I don't believe you. She's always been so nice. Are you insinuating it's me? My very existence so absolutely perturbing, it's changed her entire persona. My dad says, give them the benefit of the doubt. My dad says to think positively. There is no positivity in putting my things in the trash can. So put good in, get good out, clean up, wipe the tables, hug the girl you hate as she cries, because you never know what she's going through. But me, that's on you. Sydney, figure it out. Sydney, it's just a joke. Law of attraction, Sid. So I've been picked so at last so many times till I have to bite down as their words make me cry. Till I have to take it, verbal blow after blow, because it's a joke and I am just kind of a B word. Wrong, apparently. I'm a raging B and a C because I put good in and get, good, get bad out. Don't worry, I told him your butt isn't that big. Too slow for me to block, not a fast enough pitch. He was so good to you, but you're such a catfish. But Sydney, put good out. I promise you're gonna get good back. Echoing through, coursing through my brain, my veins. Pinch, pull, squeeze in the mirror, suck in like a seamstress. Take it in a few inches, but here, but a few inches out. No matter, no matter how hard you try, you'll never be them. No matter how much you work out or put nice out, you're still just a B word. Echoing back from my mirror. She's pinching and pulling, squeezing all of my imperfections as my mind whispers how I'll never be enough. I promise I'm putting good out. And am I ever going to get good back? Am I always going to be second best? The girl you end up with because you couldn't get her. That's a recently piece of work I'm working on. And it's a, it's a different type of poetry than I normally write. I like to think that I, in some way, did a little beat poetry, but I don't know if yeah. I'm it's the um, <laughs> requirements. You keep yeah. going with that. Yeah. I want to be on your team. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I want the baseball bat. I want to go at no. <laughs> I want. I want to be on Sydney's team too. We need all. We need little baseball caps saying Sydney's team. Team Sydney, right here for sure. <laughs> I vote for you always. <laughs> That was beautiful. That was, that's, I, I, I can't wait to read that. I think uh, I've got, um, some of those got sent to me on Google Doc. I look forward to actually being able to open them. Yes, me too. So maybe you can send that to me also. Oh, yes, that'd be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, before we close, definitely uh, um, we've got to support arts in the schools and the importance of poetry and, and creative writing and visual arts and all kinds of creative activity in the schools and um, opportunities for people to express themselves and be themselves and learn about each other and themselves. So just 
yay for the work you're doing, Blake, in the schools and any other any other teachers. Everyone else out there, it definitely takes all of us. And it yeah. is a very important thing right now to, to try to seek authenticity and creative expression and critical thinking and that ability to metabolize how challenging life can be right now, which is why we were doing beat poetry, because... Mm-hmm. Beats came out of World War II and, you know, you talked about on the brink of World War III, you know, in our own way, we're witnessing kind of unprecedented reality. So how do we find ourselves within this milieu? So you guys, what you did with heavy lifting, I cannot wait to see the book. And I'm just so honored and touched. And I think that it's just really important that you've made this gift to the rest of the community and to yourselves, to all of us with the art and the poetry and the voice and the film. So thank you. Thank you for having us, Blake. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The film, On Heavy Lifting, accompanies the artist's book of the same name, Heavy Lifting, a four-year collaboration between myself, Felicia Rice, and poet Teresa Whitehill. It is an experiment, an attempt and failed to take the viewer into the theater of my mind as I move through the process of making the artist's book. It addresses my personal loss due to fire in 2020, as well as the many relentless crises that have unfolded in recent years and considers what might lie beyond these times. Heavy lifting is a book and a film. At its best, it creates an opportunity for dialogue and healing in an historic time of crisis and renewal. Heavy lifting. This is the pause I am flying in, flying hard so as not to fall to earth. Apparently, grief is not a calm, but a huge effort. Letter from a friend. My grandmother's house. My grandmother's house was built as a long series of rooms, of which the first, the entry, was almost unfurnished, except for a single rug, a large, thick, soft rug of a deep burgundy color. Although in other memories, it is an enormous, multicolored rag rug, Such is the way of memory. I could live here, in this place, these walls, this echoing of my voice over the surface of the water, a cistern of impeccable desire. I could could live live here, here, in this this house. house, everything that came before birth would belong came to be fed, could have their meal, without the need of a separate bowl. Mm, yes, indeed. That was the trailer for Heavy Lifting, the film. Just thought it'd be fun to play that. Wow. Such talent and heart and voice in our community. You've been listening to Be More Now. I'm your host, Blake Moore, and I've been speaking with Felicia Rice, Teresa Whitehill, and Sydney Ragobregi about the project that Teresa and Felicia just finished and are touring the county right now, Heavy Lifting. And upcoming, there's a few dates. Let's see, they're going to be in Point Arena 
at the Coast Community Library on April 15th at 2 o'clock in the Coast Community Library room. On May 13th at 7 o'clock, they'll be at the Starlight Lounge at the Willits Community Theater. And on May 20th at the Schoolhouse Museum in Lake County. There's other dates as well, but you can find out more at movingpartpress.com slash heavy dash lifting. Well, I want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned right here on KZYX. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your evening and a beautiful day tomorrow. Talk to you next month. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.